Ricky, tell me about a piece of music or more that gives you chills every time you listen to it. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think more in the classical realm. Mm-hmm. Probably a piano concerto number one by Tchaikovsky. Specifically when, when the orchestra comes in at the beginning with the piano. It's the... Ba, da, da, da. Finger Ricky. Ba, da, 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 da. And plays that yeah. beautiful theme. Lovely. Is that good? Yeah. Should I sing Chills it? right <laughs> yeah. now. Chills all over me. <laughs> Lovely. Gets me every time. And I love it because it's at the start. I'm pretty impatient. You know, yeah. I want, I want those chills early yeah. on. So I like that. Nice. Recently, there's this song called Golden Hour by uh-huh. Jake. Who's Jake? Uh, this pop artist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is it in the chorus. It, it builds up. Yeah. And it goes, Tony, no lie to see you. Pause. Shine. I do know that song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good one. And that gets me. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. But I, I will say I've been repeating it a lot. So the chills are less these days. Ah, yeah. That's a bit sad. I've used up my chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only get a certain amount. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's, it's very exciting to hear about that because we're going to be examining today why we get chills when we listen to pieces like this. Um, and yeah, we'll be looking at this kind of feel-good chemical that we all know called dopamine that appears in different parts of the brain uh, to tap into that very same reward circuitry activated when we encounter stimuli like food, drugs, and sex. And in this kind of dopamine detox time we're living in, where dopamine is thrown around as a bit of a buzzword and is also kind of heavily connected to the addiction to our phones, we're looking at today how we can learn about the benefits of dopamine in a musical context. So it's pretty exciting. And okay. I think we could jump into it. Yeah, no, I'm super pumped to learn more. Um, but before we get into it, what are some of your top dopamine-inducing songs, pieces? <laughs> okay, so um, the ones that come to mind for me are choral pieces because I'm a choral singer. Um, so I, I think about Besto, let all mortal flesh keep silence. The alleluias <laughs> just come in where it's just like the, it's just like bellows throughout the church. Mm. These alleluias that are repeated by the choir at this like mighty, mighty moment. Um, so everyone should go and l- listen to that. And then also Finzi, Low the Full, Final Sacrifice, Rich Royal Food, Bountiful Bread. That particular moment, <laughs> I'm not going to try and sing it properly. Um, but that is just a stunning moment. And then the other one that comes to mind, um, Smash Mouth. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Some body. <laughs> when the body comes like in. That bit. Instant dopamine. I'm taken back to the swamp. (laughs) And it was just beautiful. We need to have a chat after this. (laughs) Welcome to episode 15 of the Practice Project podcast brought to you by Encoder, your go-to app for digital sheet music. Today, we're returning to the fascinating world of neuroscience, And we're particularly looking at the relationship between dopamine and music. So back in episode one, you may remember that Bethany delved into a piece of neuroscientific research which showed that when we learn to play an instrument and then practice it, 
Our brain actively improves the quality and efficiency of the nerves we use to execute the relevant motor skills. I did indeed. And in today's episode, we are focusing on the key findings of another neuroscientific study published by Valerie Salimpour et al. in 2011, which examines how our brains process the music we hear and why we can get so much pleasure from musical experiences. Most of us agree that music is a very potent stimulus that can deeply affect our emotional state. What Salimpour and her colleagues set out to do Um, with their study, was to try to understand exactly why music can have such an impact on our emotions. The results of this study are incredibly interesting, and they're really useful in helping us understand why we feel the way we do when we play or listen to music, or even just when we anticipate doing so, and how we might harness those feelings to enhance our own musical experiences. All right, so let's start with some neurology basics to build the groundwork for this study. The first concept we should cover is neurotransmission. A neurotransmitter is a chemical which is released at the end of a nerve fibre, and the release of that chemical is usually triggered by the arrival of a nerve impulse. By diffusing across the synapse, or junction, between two nerve fibres, the neurotransmitter allows the nerve impulse to jump from the end of one nerve across the synapse to the start of the next nerve, and then to continue its journey to, or from, our central nervous system. The study by Salimpour and her colleagues revolved around a little-known and super-obscure neurotransmitter called dopamine, which is, of course, often referred to as the feel-good neurotransmitter, because it's strongly associated with feelings of pleasure and reward. And it turns out that dopamine can play a huge role in how we experience music, how we emotionally connect with it as musicians, and how audiences connect with the music they hear during performances. The researchers in the study used advanced neural imaging techniques to observe the brain activity of the participants whilst they listened to pleasurable and neutral music of their choice. Specifically, they tracked dopamine levels in the brain during two distinct phases of experiencing music, the anticipation phase and the phase of peak emotional response to the music. The first key finding of the study is that music, an abstract, intangible stimulus, can arouse the same feelings of euphoria and craving that are more commonly associated with tangible stimuli like food, money and psychoactive drugs. Those very intense feelings, uh, known as chills, that we can experience when listening to music are due to the release of dopamine in the striatum, uh, the part of the brain involved in experiencing feelings of reward and pleasure. And this happens at the peak emotional phase of listening to the music. So the intense pleasure or chills that we can also experience when we are playing music, when we hit that perfect note perhaps, or when we finally master a challenging piece, isn't just a subjective emotional response. That's right. It's also an objective physical response caused by the release of dopamine in our brains, which begins to explain why different musical experiences are so valued among humans. And what's also remarkable and really quite odd about all of this is that music is neither necessary for human survival or reproduction, and yet it stimulates this ancient reward circuitry in the brain that has enabled humans to survive and prosper. This seems to suggest that though music might not be imperative for our survival, it might well be of real benefit to our physical and mental well-being. And the second key finding of the study is even more intriguing. But first, let's hear from our colleague Mike. 
Hi, I'm Mike Newman, ENCODA's Institutional Partnerships Director. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Practice Project Podcast. You can make your practice even more effective with an ENCODA subscription. You'll get access to over 110,000 titles from renowned publishers, advanced annotation tools, and much more. So, subscribe today and enhance your musical journey with ENCODA. So we already know from the work of Salampour and her colleagues that during the peak emotional phase of listening to or playing music, dopamine can be released in our brain, leading to intense feelings of pleasure and enjoyment. But the research also uncovered a distinction in the brain between the anticipation phase and the peak emotional phase of a chills-inducing musical experience. In other words, one part of the brain was much more involved during the anticipation of an emotional response to the music while a completely different part of the brain was more involved during the experience of those emotions as the music was playing. This suggests that anticipating the pleasure we associate with hearing a beautiful passage of music can also result in dopamine release in our brain, but through a different anatomical pathway to the one associated with experiencing the pleasure itself. Understanding that both the anticipation and the experience of listening to music can trigger separate releases of dopamine in our brain might help us approach our practice sessions and performances with more awareness and intention. For example, when we're practicing a piece, we can consciously build anticipation by focusing on the emotional and harmonic journey of the music and how our audience will experience that as they listen. The very anticipation of a musical reward, such as the climax of a phrase, can result in dopamine being released, And this anticipation can be built into our practice to enhance the emotional impact of the music we play. And teachers can incorporate the concept of musical anticipation into their lessons, helping students to understand the emotional structure of a piece and how to use it when they're performing, so that they guide the emotional journey of their audience. We can also take more time to experience and savour the emotional peaks of the music that we're playing or listening to, knowing they are linked to feelings of intense pleasure. This actually taps into further research in this field that explores how music can be used for everyday mood regulation and also in therapeutic settings, alleviating the symptoms of various mental illnesses, for example. But this is a whole other topic for another episode. Understanding the role of dopamine in our brain in how we experience music can help us tap into the emotion of the pieces we play, enriching our experience and the experiences of those listening. The study also illustrates that music is not just an abstract art form, but a powerful emotional stimulus that can trigger tangible chemical responses in different areas of our brain. In addition, we can begin to understand how the emotions induced by music are created among other things, by concepts like expectation, delay, tension, surprise, and anticipation. And these are really the building blocks of Western classical music. And we can also start to understand why music can be used so effectively in religious rituals, for example, and also in marketing in films to elicit very intense emotional responses and manipulate our emotional state. So the next time you pick up your instrument to play or you listen to some music... Remember the incredible dance of neurotransmitters in your brain and the amazing role and benefits of music in our lives. That's all for today's episode of the Practice Project Podcast. 
We hope you've enjoyed this journey back into the neuroscience of music. Join us again next time for more academic insights into the world of music practice and performance. Until then, keep practicing, love your music, and bring on the dopamine. <laughs>